I'm Angie, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. We are the Faith Love Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together, and we hope that you will enjoy your time with us. Nehemiah has ridden around the walls. He's assessed the job. He's inspired his workers. Now it's time to get down to business. Okay, can I just interrupt really quickly? Because every time you start us out, you're giving us like a recap. And I feel a little bit like the 80s TV shows where they were like, last time I was <laughs> Okay. You know? And I love it. I think oh, it's do. so... It just <laughs> cracks me up. Like I just... Anyway. Yeah. That's well, it. I, I, okay. have, I thought the same thing too. And I love it too. Yeah. I think it's awesome. Go for it. I know. It's hard to connect all these because I, I know the way people could listen to They're not going to listen to them all together. They're like, yeah. where were we? What was yeah. going on? Mm-hmm. So, right. It's I definitely like when think you, it's needed. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But mm-hmm. like when you had to wait for a week for your actual your yes. show to come on yeah. again, you like you that need that recap. refresher. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to put that out there because just <laughs> every time. Oh, that is so fun. Every time. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. No, go ahead. That was good. That was good. Um, so that's where we are. Everything's built. Everything's ready to go. And so this episode, we're going to be talking about the actual building of the wall, who built the wall, and what was going on. So I think to get into it, Terry, how about so rather than making Terry go through all of the names in chapter three, that's a lot. If you want to take names. some, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> if you want to take some time and read through it, have fun. <laughs> if you really want to have fun, read it out loud, and then you'll hear what you say. Uh, pass. I'll take right. a pass. But rather than having Terry go through all of that with all of the scripture, what we're going to do is we've just taken selected portions out, and so you're going to hear Terry come in and read different parts of scripture so we can get an idea of what's going on, then we'll talk about it, and we're going to move around the wall in that way. This is Rosemary's favorite part because Mm -hmm. we get to to have a a visual overview of the foot wall. Yes. So in case you haven't been with us, what we decided is like Michiganders who use their hand to point to where they live, we're going to, when we looked at Jerusalem, it looked like a right footprint. And so we're going to walk you around the wall same way Nehemiah walked us around the wall, only we want you to visualize your right footprint. And so we're going to tell you where we are on the wall as we go through this episode. So actually, Terry, I'm going to have you read um, verses 1 and 2 of chapter 3, Nehemiah. Okie dokie. Um, verse 1. Eliashib, the high priest, and his fellow priests rebuilt the Sheep Gate. They dedicated it and set its doors in place, building as far as the Tower of the Hundred. Verse 2, the men of Jericho built the adjoining section. Verse 5, the next section was repaired by the men of Tekoa, but their nobles would not put their work to the shoulder. No, they would not put their shoulders to the work. Sorry about that. Right, so the first part they start up is just your fourth toe, just inside the pinky. So that's where we're going to start. That's about where Sheep's Gate is located. You guys, everybody's falling over right now. <laughs> it really does work, though. But it's helpful. It so if you start at your fourth toe, we're going to be moving to the left. We're on our way to the big toe, okay? Mm-hmm. And so the couple things, they started here, and it's interesting why they started at this point. This is Sheep's Gate. Um, anyone want to tell us what it was for? 
I will. Okay. Uh, the sheep gate is the first mention. It's the first gate mentioned um, as they rebuild. And the reason the sheep gate was built first is because this is where they would bring in the sheep and the lamb into the city to the temple for sacrifices. Nehemiah had the priests repair this gate and section of the wall, respecting the priest's area of interest and at the same time emphasizing the priority of worship. Worship is number one. That has to come first. Mm-hmm. And as they were going, if we read in the rest, there's parts that we didn't quite catch in reading the scripture, but they dedicated it. They set the doors in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was really important to start the worship even as they were doing this job. They didn't wait for the job to be finished. This was during the process, worship and dedication kept happening. And that was the first area they went to. Um, just another word about the gates. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Jerusalem was a large city, and because many roads converged there, it required many gates. And the wall on each side of these heavy wooden gates was taller and thicker, so soldiers could stand guard and defend against attacks. Sometimes two stone towers guarded the gate. In times of peace, the gate, the city gates were hubs of activity. City council was held there, and shopkeepers set up their wares at the entrance. Uh, building the walls was not only a military priority, but also a boost for trade and commerce. So there's a lot so, going on in these yep. areas. Yeah. And there still is. Um, in my commentary here in my study Bible, um, it mentions that occasionally, even now, there are um, sheep markets still held close to the sheep gate. Oh, that's, oh, that's cool. cool. I like that. Yeah. So this is not something that is just old and, you know, we don't think about anymore. Like it's mm-hmm. still, still, you can go up. there. You can take a trip. I love mm-hmm. that. So. Well, one of the things I thought about, Rosemary, when you talked about worship is they didn't wait for the whole wall to be done mm-hmm. before they started worshiping. Mm-hmm. They started the first job, and they started worshiping. Mm -hmm. So I love that, and I think that's a good takeaway for us. Do we just wait until all our prayers are answered or we see the completion of something that God is doing to worship, or are we always worshiping through the whole process? Um, I think it's really important to learn how to worship in the midst of things, Mm -hmm. Um, not just at the beginning and the end, but while it's going on. Because sometimes that's hard. You know, if you've got something difficult going on in your life, hard sometimes to worship. Um, But I think if we do that, if we bring God in that way and we let Him know that we really are trusting Him and we really believe that He's in control, then that takes a lot of pressure off us, and I think it brings glory to Him. Hmm. Yeah, imagine how different our jobs would be if we did that every step of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Another point that I think Terry was bringing up is that um, Eliashib was a high priest. Mm-hmm. So he, so here's what Nehemiah did all the way along the wall, is he assigned sections of the wall to the people who worked there or even lived there. We're going to mm-hmm. find as we keep traveling around the wall. And what would be some of the advantages of that? I think you'd feel a lot more ownership if it was protecting your family and your or your business, whatever. Um, I think... You, you would maybe be a little more diligent. Yeah, your quality might be higher. Your quality higher. might be a little higher. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, you, if you're working outside of your own windows, 
I would be a little more motivated Mm -hmm. because I'd be like, I am tired of looking at all this. Let's get this taken care of and let's get this built. Yeah. And there's no traveling back and forth for them. You know what? They get up in the morning, have breakfast, have a cup of coffee, get right out in your yard and get to work. You don't have to travel across the city and waste time Mm -hmm. because they walked. Right. Right. So that you know, your less time wasted. Quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you're done at night, you are home for your shower. It's very efficient. <laughs> Which I'm sure happened yeah. every oh, time. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. <laughs> so the other thing you mentioned too were some um, priests that did not put their shoulder to the work. The nobles. Well, oh. nobles of the oh, men of Tekoa. Okay, Which I thought that was a pretty great contrast. The priest is out there working. Mm-hmm. He's not too spiritual for that job. Mm-hmm. But the nobles, they thought they, they wouldn't submit. They thought they were too good too for good. that. Yeah. I think sometimes that happens to us is if, if we won't submit. Yeah. That's the issue to getting things accomplished is we're not going to submit to this work. Mm-hmm. We might submit to our own work or make a decision on our own work, but we don't submit to God's plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good visual. How does that go over when, when that's the issue? <laughs> is that a leading question? Quite possibly. I have found that if I'm not going along with God's plan, um, it might not happen. It might just go away, and that, and I think I'm home free. But pretty soon, the same thing's going to come up. And I think God keeps presenting these things. If you don't learn your lesson, or if mm-hmm. you don't submit, or do what He would like you to do, or don't do what he doesn't want you to do either way. Um, it's going to come come again. You're going to learn your lesson because mm-hmm. it's a part of the growth plan that God has for you. Because he's so faithful to pursue us. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. If we look at the men of Tekoa, if it would have totally been up to them. There would have been a big breach in that wall. Right. Mm-hmm. There would have been problems and problems and problems. They would have just kept coming through. I think that's what happens for me when I don't build my wall. More problems keep coming through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Well, do you want to take us on the next little path around our foot? Okay. So, yes, we have made it all the way through from the fourth toe, just inside the pinky, all the way to the big toe. And now we're at a place that is uh, Jashana Gate. And you might see it on yours. We think it's the old gate, too. We're not completely sure, but we're kind of right at the tip of the big toe. Mm -hmm. So, Terry, how about if you read our next section? All righty. Verse 7. Repairs were made by many men who were under the authority of the governor of Trans-Euphrates. Verse 8. Hananiah, one of the perfume makers, made repairs next to that. They restored Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. And if you're reading through it, um, some of the words to keep in mind are restoring, rebuilt, repaired. Mm-hmm. So some of it does just get repaired. So there's so, anyways, okay, the perfume makers helped restore as far as the broad wall. Verse 12, Shalom with an M, repaired the next section section with the help of his daughters. I love that. His daughters helped. Yeah. You know, Angie, I think you said um, when we kind of looked at this before that he may not have any sons, or maybe his sons were 
taken into captivity somewhere else, Mm -hmm. taken off as slaves to some other point. But um, in any case, that family really dug in and the daughters worked. The daughters stepped up. I imagine that the women... Had lemonade stands. <laughs> right, they were the snack shop. Yeah, I, I feel like they sale. were uh, mm. walking around, you know, ice cold cokes, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> the women, I'm sure, were cooking and giving water. Um, these girls are working. They're working. Yeah, I really love they're that. on the wall. Yeah, they mm-hmm. they recognize them. Yep, it's pretty neat. I think so, too. And it shows the diversity of people that are building this wall. As we keep going around, we had perfume makers. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that part of the wall smelled good. I <laughs> <laughs> wonder what essential oil it was. Ooh. Thieves. No. <laughs> so yes. Everybody was healthy. That, mm-hmm. And uh, what gives you energy? Joy? I have no clue. Yeah. Me either. I have no clue. <laughs> At the end of the day, they pumped out the lavender to relax. Yes. And get everybody calm yeah. before they went to bed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, so far we've seen daughters mm-hmm. and uh, nobles who weren't willing to do anything. We have seen priests. We have seen perfume makers. Um, goldsmith. Goldsmith. And these are not people who, by trade, were contractors. No. Mm-hmm. These are not people who were used to this kind of work mm-hmm. because this is hard work. I mean, Terry, you even mentioned that sometimes by the gates, the walls were even thicker. Mm-hmm. So we were talking, you know, the standard size gate is or um, wall mm-hmm. is eight feet. Mm-hmm. But then if you, you know, need to fortify your gates, then yeah. they're going to be 10, 12, 14. I don't, I don't know. They have towers there. Was, yeah, towers. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then you're talking wider than eight feet. You're talking taller than 40 feet. Um, that's a lot of work. A lot. A of work. lot of and work. I'll tell you what, my body would be screaming, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially if I you know, had a job like a perfume maker. Where I was <laughs> right. used to using my nose, not mm-hmm. my hands. Not even your hands. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it just goes back again to, to the provision of God giving them the abilities to do this because this was far out of their mm-hmm. comfort zone. Right. And then the leadership of Nehemiah to inspire them, um, like we talked about last time, like, you can do this. And he again points it right back to God, but these people are bought in. Mm-hmm. Yep. They are. Yeah. These people are seriously mm-hmm. bought in. Yeah, nobody knows how to drive the bulldozer. Like there's no training. Yeah, right. there was no when well, there were no bulldozers either. But I mean, it's like, <laughs> but drive the elephant, I guess, to bring it up, or the cranes, or whatever. They, they weren't trained, mm-hmm. but they certainly must have learned on the way. Yeah, I just think about um, like the goldsmith. Okay, so he is um, probably making things that are very fine, delicate. You know, gold is a soft mm-hmm. metal, soft metal, and so. Yeah. He's used to being in the around the heat and things like that, um, but also I would think using very fine movements, especially if he's making yeah. jewelry mm-hmm. or some of the real small details. He's not used to having the calluses that you would build up mm-hmm. when you were moving blocks and bricks and timber and yeah. you know burned out limestone because they have to clean this stuff up too. That's right. yep. um, and I just think. They're making that sacrifice. They're bought in. But not only is it a change for them for what they're doing right now, but I don't 
I don't know about you, but when I've had calluses or my Mm -hmm. hands are cut up, that takes a while to heal. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to affect them when they're finished as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's going to be a time of recovery. You're going to lose some of that dexterity that you Mm -hmm. were used to and... And it makes me think of musicians, musicians and doctors. Oh, yeah. There are certain things that those people do not do. Right. They cannot damage their hands. So they would not be building things with bricks because if a doctor or a musician breaks a hand, breaks a mm-hmm. finger, then they're out of commission for a while and they can't do what their hands can do. I know. Our and are. Our nephew came up to help us put down some hardwood floors a few years back, and he was in med school. And I can remember the whole time that he and my brother were here working, I was so worried mm-hmm. that he might put a staple through his hand mm-hmm. um, because I thought that could that he wanted to be a surgeon that could ruin his career. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a real mm-hmm. issue. And some of those people that were working on the wall, their livelihoods depended mm-hmm. on their hands or their feet or whatever else it might have been. Right. Construction's a dangerous business. Mm-hmm. You know, people get crushed, parts get crushed. It's not right. easy. And these people are inhaling all kinds of junk, oh, you yeah. know, because there's the rubble and the limestone and the, you know, ash from where the um, the wall was burned, you mm-hmm. know, before. So they're breathing all this junk in. And yeah. it's not like they're going out for the day and, um, you know, they're just going to tootle along and work on building their, their little fence we're talking talking some huge dirty huge work. thing yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so let's move on to the next section yes let's all right how terry how about if you read well let me just describe where we're at we have come down now through this whole section of number two from the tip of the big toe and now we're kind of in the middle of the arch all right and we come all the way down to i think it's valley gate where we stopped there, and we're going to start again at Valley Gate. So go ahead, Terry. Verse 15 that I have starts at the Fountain Gate. Okay. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Sorry. Uh, The Fountain Gate was repaired by Shalun with an N. He rebuilt it, roofing it over and putting its doors into place. He also repaired the wall of the Pool of Siloam. Verse 17, next to him, repairs were done by the Levites. Verse 20, next to him, Baruch zealously repaired another section. Verse 22, the repairs next to him were made by priests from the surrounding area. Verse 25, next to him, Padiah and the temple servants made repairs. Verse 27, next to them, the men of Tekoa repaired another section. These men whose leaders refused to work aren't I now taking on a second job? I love those guys. Yeah. <laughs> and let's let's kind of verify actually where Fountain Gate is. If you come down through the arch and you go to the outside part of your heel, that's where Fountain Gate is. So that's how far we are along the wall. So about halfway. Yeah, more than halfway because we just have to come up the side. Yeah. So Right. And in the middle of that is the Dung Gate. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is at the base of your heel. Um, so you would kind of jump from the valley gate to the dung gate to the fountain gate. Mm-hmm. Those are the different gates there in between. Dung gate was used for? Refuse. Yeah. Sewage. The garbage. Garbage and yeah, sewage. It's appropriately named. It was taken out and to the valley of Hinnom and burned. Mm. <laughs> I would not want to live in You've got to have that area. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm. Ugh. 
the nice thing about the gate names is that there's not a lot of guessing as to what they were used That's for. Right. <laughs> you know, the thing is interesting is I'm just looking at the map. The Dung Gate is down at the bottom of your heel. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be soon going up to the Div- Divi- Davidic tombs and the things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Just kind of like we're like maybe one of the best places where the king was or all that stuff. Right next to it is the Garbage Gate. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if this been. is where he was buried in the tombs, and so they just kind of kept that. I don't know. I would imagine, and I would think that the wind direction would have something to do with that. Good too. point. Because you wouldn't. Good point. <gasps> oh, okay. Well, tombs, along with the garbage, nobody's there. Oh, the little stinky. You know, that's, maybe that's true. Maybe, and it's far. It's far down. Right. The rest yeah. of the things up here, and that's at the very end. The dung gate is, mm-hmm. and uh, the tombs are not that much further north of it. And it could have been a low point if it's going down into the Valley of Hinnom. Yeah. So I'm sure that somebody picked that spot for a reason. Strategically, yeah, it was a strategic yeah. choice. I, I've never been to a tomb. I've never been in a tomb. Do tombs smell for very long? I, I would imagine it would once the body. I think so. No, decomposes, and they, they do they did they then either wrap everything with um, you know spices and right the, kind of embalmed yeah. still. But. but remember when Lazarus died and Jesus called him out of the tomb, mm-hmm. his sister said, "Oh Lord, you know not now. He's going to stink. stink. He's, Don't roll that stone back." It actually says he stinketh. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Say, yeah. which was a nice way to say put him back. Right. <laughs> Or give him a shower. Dude, you're <laughs> ripe. Death does not become you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Boy, we kind of went on a rabbit trail there. Yeah, okay, did. so uh, Rosemary, we're back at the Fountain Gate, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the uh, outside of our heel. And then where are we going from there? So now we're going to go up the outside of the foot and return back to the pinky, return back to Sheep Gate. Right before we get up to Sheepgate, there's Mustergate. And this gate, Terry, you can tell us a little more about Mustergate. Yep. I think it's also called the Inspection Gate. <clears throat> and that was in, is it in the northeastern part of the wall? Is yes. That what it is? Okay. Uh, oh, also known as the Mifkad date. Gate. The word in that. Hebrew has a military <laughs> connection, and according to tradition, it was at this gate that David would meet his troops to inspect them. The muster gate. Inspection hmm. gate. So while we passed that, on our way up the outside of the hill, we were at the Davidic, po- the Davidic tombs, the artificial pool, Watergate, where political <laughs> things occurred, but not really. <laughs> And then we just kind of kept moving up like Horsegate. They have all these really interesting names. Do you want to read the scripture that refers to that, Terry, Mm -hmm. with verse 31? Um, Verse 31. Next to him, Malchiah, one of the goldsmiths, made repairs. Verse 32. Between the room above the corner and the sheep gate, the goldsmiths and merchants made repairs. So they rebuilt, repaired, dedicated, and built the wall, the gates, and the towers of Jerusalem in 52 days. In 52 days. 52 days. That is incredible. That's amazing. It is. Because the last, another time when they rebuilt, it took four years. So this time, 52 days, that's a miracle. Yeah. 
It's a miracle it's, to get any construction project done in 52 yeah. days with bulldozers. Right. bulldozers. Yeah. Even a kitchen can take a year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but think about these are these are lay people. These are people who just needed they they had ownership in it yep. and they had pride in it and they were they were rebuilding their city mm-hmm. and they were rebuilding their culture. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so they just owned it and they yeah. worked and they worked and worked and worked. And so as you think of it, they're building their section of the wall. And as we've gone all the way around, they had to connect to other people. Right. That's right. So what if Joe over here didn't have his wall built as high or you didn't, couldn't get, they had to really work together mm-hmm. and connect each other. I think we were talking about this, how this wall, some walls are built to divide. And this wall was built to divide Jerusalem from other people. But it was a wall that unified the people of Jerusalem. They had a solid project. They had a solid goal. They had a, a challenge that created sacrifice for them. Yeah. yeah. And there was visible, there were visible results mm-hmm. to their coming together as a unified force. And they could see that progress every day mm-hmm. as they went along. Mm-hmm. Um, would you like me to go along and just give... All of the gates, what they were for specifically, or are we? Let's just hit the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just pick them up. I mean, we know Sheep Gate does that. Fish Gate seemed kind of important to me. Yep. Um, if you're a fish, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> or a fishmonger. There you go. Yeah. Uh, the Fish Gate, one of the main roads through Jerusalem, entered the city through the Fish Gate. Merchants from Tyre, the Sea of Galilee, and other fishing areas entered this gate to sell their goods. Okay. So it was like one of the main um, main places that people got their food. How about Valley Gate? Does that say? The Valley Gate. Not much it's like on in that California. one, really. Oh, okay. Several, <laughs> it's like in California, like the Valley Gate. In the Valley. Several valleys surround Jerusalem, and this gate. <laughs> several valleys surround Jerusalem, and this gate apparently opened out to the Valley of Hinnom. Okay. So, okay. Uh, where they did the Dung Gate. The Old Gate is only mentioned in Nehemiah, and it may have been one of the original gates made. So, hmm. Um, so, oh, the horse gate. The horse gate. The horse gate was at the far eastern point of the wall, facing the Kidron Valley. Kind of by the pinky. Go ahead. The <laughs> gate was close close to the king's stables, and the men of Jerusalem would ride their horses out of this gate to war. Hmm. So that was a pretty important gate. The east gate is located on the opposite side of the Mount of Olives. Not much there. Hmm, that gives us an idea kind of where the Mount of Olives mm-hmm, was. Mm-hmm. So there were also the, all these towers protecting, and it was interesting as we looked at some of the towers, there were quite a few down at the middle of the foot. Like if you come down looking at the arch and the outside, there's a lot of towers in that area, great projecting mm-hmm. towers. There's two of them right by the water gate. Um, the Tower of Ovens? Yeah. Maybe the bakers worked there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. I tried to look up some information on the towers. They really don't give a lot of information about them. Mm-hmm. When when you yeah. look close to some of it, though, they're kind of by the king's upper palace. They're up in these areas that needed to be protected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So I have a um, map of Jerusalem in Jesus' time. Okay. So this is... 
you know, later, way later. far from yeah. what we're looking at right now. But um, it's really cool because it gives it gives a, a picture of Jesus and what kind of where he hung out in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it talks about the fish gate and um, Herod's palace was, uh, it looks like it was pretty close to the tower of the ovens. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe that's kind of where they, maybe this, you know, located some of, some of that kind of stuff. Hmm. Anyway. I liked one of the people that was on, uh, was it Baruch? Zealously mm-hmm. repaired mm-hmm. Yeah. another section of the gate. Yeah. I, it, to me, it showed the spirit of the people. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That they had a good attitude, that they were really into it and excited about what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't just have to repair his. It was another section. So he had already he, done his already section, done and yeah. he's moving to get this whole thing done. Yep. So that was really... How cool to be described in the Bible as doing work zealously. zealously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What that? That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there's a lot that I would be described as doing zealously. Drinking coffee. <laughs> I don't know. Eating chocolate. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And one of the, like verse 17 said, uh, repairs were done by the Levites. And I did some um, reading about, I'm like, what's the difference between the priests and the Levites? I thought priests were Levites. So they are. And the thing uh, is, is that all priests were Levites. But not all Levites were priests. The ones that were not chosen by the Urim and Thummim, which we'll get to later, um, to be actual priests um, were were the Levites that re- worked around the um, the temple. The temple. They kept the yard. They kept the courts clean. They did all the work around it. So they were still mostly involved in. Um, the worship in the temple, mm-hmm. but they just the weren't priests. Okay. So I thought that was because I've always wondered what's you know what's going on. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's good. Very interesting. That's awesome. Well, they um, obviously did a lot, a lot, a lot of work here. Mm-hmm. This took a long time, fifty-two days, um, where they didn't really do a lot of other things. That's true. You know, this is kind of what they were focused on. Mm-hmm. Um, so they weren't making perfume or hammering out gold bracelets. They were busy building that wall. Right. Mm-hmm. And they were building the wall with the people that were next to them. Mm-hmm. And I, if you think about it, usually you are in your neighborhood. There are people who we surround ourselves with people that are similar to us, mm-hmm. you know, like draws to like. Right. Um, so these people were working with their neighbors since they were working right in front of their shops and their dwellings and whatever. But, um, Angie, I think it was you that said, you know, your people, at some point you have to connect. Maybe it was Rosemary. Rosemary Somebody said, said that, right. yeah. You know, yeah. at some point you have to connect. So then you're able to meet the people that you wouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. have known. And, again, you're unifying. And then... The folks that were finished before, you know, finished earlier with their repairs, moved on. And helped others. And helped others. Yeah. And they didn't just help their neighbors. I mean, they moved They moved big time. Now, granted, this was only two and a half miles around. 
So it's not like they're going, you know, for 30 miles out of the way or whatever. Right. But um, still, you're out of your comfort zone and you're... Mm. Yeah. Mixing with people you might not ordinarily, ordinarily mix, mix with. with. Right. You know, <clears throat> a merchant, a goldsmith, they, they probably do because maybe they're... <clears throat> excuse me. Um, selling their merchandise for them or whatever, but they probably didn't hang out together. And I would imagine the daughters certainly did not hang mm-hmm. out with, with all the other no. men that were out there working. Yeah, because they kept men and women kind of separate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What a great example of how God used this wall to unify mm-hmm. and to bring together. Yeah, I wonder about that for us now. It's like when you get a good project, a big project that's beyond your level, where you have to come together with people and connect with people, um, what an opportunity to really bring that unity, you know? I don't. And aren't those times the most joyful times? Maybe. I mean, maybe not. I think about like what happened, you know, just as a country with World War II. Yeah, probably wasn't joyful, but we're willing to make the sacrifice. And you're right, joy does come out of that. And opportunities in our Rosie the Riveters. And right. things can change if we're just willing to see what God has before us. I just think of the times where we've stepped out of our comfort zone mm-hmm. um, and met people and worked with people that we would not, you know, they're not our neighbors. They're not mm-hmm. the people that we do everyday life with. Um, and I just think of the joy it sometimes it was hard but i think of the joy that that experience brought and mm-hmm. just um the eye-opening um awareness of maybe different cultures the way different people live but the fact that we could still have god in common yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because not everybody That's lives true. like i do mm-hmm. yeah and not everybody believes exactly the same thing i believe and not everybody dresses like I do, does their hair like I do, you know, mm-hmm. people look all kinds of different ways mm-hmm. and believe um, some of these nuances are different, um, but we all have Jesus in common, and that's, right. it's just so cool to me. That'll preach. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally agree with you there. Um, mm-hmm. Those are opportunities, a lot of times like mission work or different things, but we can do that right here. We can create right. that unity. Mm-hmm. We can create. We can have these big projects if we listen to God and see what He puts on our heart, mm-hmm. and just come together with people. What opportunities we have to connect with each other? Yeah. yeah, and it doesn't have to be anything big and scary like a wall. No, right? No, it could be feeding someone who's homeless. Mm-hmm. Our family at Christmas for years we gave a Christmas gift. We. Um, Instead of giving Christmas gifts, we would feed the homeless. So it would the day would vary, like depending on what the, they needed, mm-hmm. and we would just go in and just um, be together. It was the best gift we could have given each other. Yes, and it brought our family closer to make sure we had everything in in line, and we all worked together. Mm-hmm. Such a I blessing. was thinking about um, the Christmas baskets and the Easter baskets that. Um, Kensington and other churches make, and yeah, there's when you uh, go to do that, um, you go to a, a building, mm-hmm. and you have people unloading trucks. You have tables set up. You have all these different people down the table, different churches, different walks of life, different you know, different everything. But like you just said, um, Suzanne, and but our common goal is to build those baskets and then drive them to people who wouldn't have any. Mm-hmm. 
wouldn't have any food, any special food for that day. And the camaraderie that you have and the encouragement and yes, the joy that you are all working together for this common goal that's going to bless a family. Mm-hmm. Many, yeah. many families throughout our area. Mm-hmm. And that it is just, it, it's like, yeah, I want to do that again. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's like I'm looking at the wall as taking territory. And I keep thinking as we do that and we keep stepping out and we feed people and we care for the people around us right in front of us and we come together and we all work together, we're taking territory mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're taking it from the world kingdom. That's right. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if it's okay with you ladies, I'll pray us out. Sounds okay. great. Okay. Father God, thank you um, just for the example of Nehemiah and for the... Um, the people from all walks of life who were willing to um, put aside their selves and put aside their own um, jobs and their own routines to work together for a common goal, Lord, and that was to build this wall and to um, protect your city, God. And I just thank you for the example. I thank you for um, the opportunities that you put before us to come together in unity, to glorify you, God. And I just pray that we would be um, open, that our eyes would be open, that we would be aware of any um, chances that you put in front of us, and that we would be willing and bold um, to take those chances, God, because sometimes it's scary to step out, and sometimes it's scary to do something new. And if we don't know somebody or something, then Mm -hmm. we have a tendency to shy away, God. But I just pray that you would give us the courage and the boldness to um, step out in what you have for us. God, just like just like these people did, God. Um, I thank you for the women that are sitting in, in this room with me. I thank you for the women who are listening. Um, I thank you for the women who will listen in the future, God. Mm-hmm. And I just pray that you would um, just settle on us, Lord, and settle in us and just help us to be able to see what you have for us. Um, and I thank you again in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Ha, 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 ha.